Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Monday and the last day of August. I'm Nyla Boudou. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Joe Biden challenges President Trump over violence in Portland. And how you should think about presidential election polls. First, though, the American recession inside a recession is today's one big thing. In March, President Trump said he believed economic recovery would come quickly after coronavirus lockdowns led to record unemployment and business closures. But now economists, even Fed officials, are taking a rare public stance, warning that without another stimulus package from Congress, we're likely facing a long-term recession that persists even if there is an approved vaccine. Dion Rabowin is the markets editor at Axios. So obviously, the coronavirus pandemic has caused a recession, and GDP in the second quarter was the worst reading that we've ever had. What you're seeing now is as the coronavirus pandemic has not been fully dealt with, and that's leading to more layoffs and declining business in industries that weren't even directly impacted by the pandemic. So, Dion, if people thought we would bounce back after the recession caused by the pandemic, how much longer will it be for recovery now? A lot of it depends on what happens with the virus and what happens with Congress. Right now, Congress is in recess. The Senate is on vacation. Former Fed Chair Janet Yellen wrote a blistering op-ed that was titled, The Senate is on vacation while Americans starve. And it really highlights the new activist role that a lot of economists and members of the Federal Reserve have been playing, saying to Congress, hey, you guys need to pass more fiscal stimulus. And that's a pretty big deal. As a former business reporter, I know firsthand how rare it is for the Fed to comment on what Congress is or should be doing. So take a listen to this. It's Neil Kashkari. He's the president and CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis. Congress should use this opportunity to support the American people and the American economy. And until we have that real confidence, not just wishful thinking, but in the data, real evidence that it's safe, we're not going to have a meaningful economic recovery. So, Dion, what are the metrics that you're seeing that indicate to you this recession is going to be prolonged? Because this pandemic hit and was just unlike anything that we'd ever seen before, a lot of banks on Wall Street started looking at real-time data. And you saw from April and May and into June, the numbers fell and then they raced back. And then at the end of July, when these enhanced unemployment benefits expired for about 30 million people you saw a really significant decline. We're seeing it in spending. You're seeing it in terms of more layoffs, less hiring, more businesses closing their doors. It's turning from this once-in-a-lifetime phenomenon into a traditional recession. And those aren't particularly fun. Dion Rabowin is Axios's markets editor. We'll be back in 15 seconds with Portland's effect on the presidential race. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm going to do the work that I need to do here in my local community with my local officials to take accountability for what's happening on our streets. And I'd appreciate that either the president support us or he stay the hell out of the way. That's Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler on Sunday, a day after one person was shot and killed during protests in the city. 
And a few hours later, Joe Biden challenged his opponent, President Trump, on this very issue. Hans Nichols covers the Biden campaign for Axios. Hans, Joe Biden made a statement about this yesterday. Can you share with us what it was? He's condemning the violence himself, but it's really more of a challenge to Trump to say, look, you're in charge. You're the commander in chief. This is on you. And that's the message Democrats want to push, that Donald Trump can't try to turn this around. Donald Trump would love to run against the mayor of Portland, right? The mayor of Portland criticizes Donald Trump. That's a fight Donald Trump wants to have. We've already seen that on Twitter. I suspect we're going to see more. But what the Biden campaign wants to do is have Donald Trump own what's happening in the country, what's happening in terms of violence on the streets. And they think his rhetoric is partly to blame. But I feel like all presidential campaigns are about who's controlling the narrative, right? It's who's controlling the narrative, but also who responds to events. This could be crystal clear in hindsight that one campaign had the right strategy. We just don't know right now, right? Democrats get very angry when you say that this is Biden's moment. They think this is Trump's moment. And they don't think that the burden should be on Joe Biden. They think the burden should be on Donald Trump because he's the president of the United States. He's the commander in chief. They say this is really going to be his test, not Biden's test. Hans Nichols covers the Biden campaign for Axios. Axios Insider is a sneak peek into the conversations we have in our newsroom. After the 2016 election, some voters may have felt misled by polls showing Hillary Clinton would win the presidential election. That led pollsters and journalists to look at what went wrong. The bad news is that four years later, some of those problems still haven't been addressed. Sarah K. Helani-Goo is Axios's executive editor, and she's here with us now. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Nyla. Can you give us an example of how things that could have been fixed have not been? So the big sore spot is state polling. Polling at the state level is much more difficult to get a big enough sample of people who are representative of that state and capturing smaller groups that didn't show up before, like non-college educated white voters who really went for Trump last time around. You have to make sure that if you're polling a smaller population like a state, that you represent everybody. We've talked a lot on Axios today about how the pandemic is upending our voting process. Are we seeing that reflected in polling? For pollsters whose job it is to draw a line between what people say they're going to do and what they actually do, this is super challenging just because we've never had so many people vote differently This time around, we haven't tested whether states can process all these mail-in ballots they're supposed to get. And we don't know so many variables about when the votes actually will be counted if they're mailed in, not to mention what the lines will look like or the experiences look like for people who are going to vote traditionally in person. There's no variables that give you or no statistics or weighting or methodology changes that could account for any of those things and never mind all of them together. How should journalists be thinking about this and covering this responsibly if we kind of look to polls to be bellwethers for how people are feeling? I think what we have to do as journalists is take polls for what they are, which is a really accurate way of looking at a snapshot point in time. And that's all it is. There's a lot of things that can change the public's mind. And during the pandemic, a lot of things between now and then that could change the outcome. Sarah K. Helanigu is Axios's executive editor. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks so much, Nyla. 
Before we end today, fans all over the world have paid tribute to Chadwick Boseman after he passed away Friday. We thought we would remember him with his own words from a 2018 commencement speech at Howard University. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. Bozeman was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer in 2016, the same year he made his Marvel debut as Black Panther. He went on to star in seven more films. But if you are willing to take the harder way, the one that has ultimately proven to have more meaning, more victory, more glory, then you will not regret it. That does it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. If you want more news before tomorrow, tune into our afternoon podcast recap. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning.